Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Black Shirt Breakdown. My name is Steve Mark. I'm a staff writer inside Nebraska, and he is the Jay Foreman, our NFL veteran and former Nebraska Black Shirt. Jay, we have another uh, breakdown to do here, and this one is going to be a fun one. Uh, Carter Nelson style, the four-star tight end out of Ainsworth, Nebraska, the eight-man star um, committed to Nebraska over the likes of Georgia, Notre Dame, um, he took an SEC uh, swing. He, he visited a lot of the SEC programs down south. A lot of those programs were pretty good, are pretty good at developing tight ends and sending them to the league. But Nebraska wins out. This is a big recruiting right. win uh, for the Huskers. Uh, Matt Rule, Bob Wager, the tight ends coach, even throw Danny Kalen in. I think Danny Kalen had had some say in uh, Carter Nelson's recruitment. So that's, that's pretty cool. But Jay, uh, Carter Nelson, he's a name. A lot of Husker fans know him. Um, he, he's a big name. So just, uh, what, what are your initial thoughts on Carter Nelson entering the 2024 class for the Huskers? Uh, well, I mean, look, it's, it's, look, it's rinse and repeat, you know, and obviously it's good news for, you know, the coaching staff and the football team and the overall kind of feeling of the Nebraska football program to get a, you know, highly ranked, you know, player as Carter Nelson, uh, is, and he might even be, you know, go a little bit higher if he, you know, continues to have a really good senior year. But I think when you beat out teams like Notre Dame, Georgia, I know he took an official visit to Alabama. Um, yep. and I know Nick Saban was here and in Oklahoma, so forth and so on. You're, you're beating some well-established football programs right now. Iowa was looking at him and stuff like that. So not looking at him, offered him. So he had anybody and everybody he could go and, and get a get an offer and a commitment, committable offer from Nebraska was able to land him. I will say this. I think his I think his location really worked to Nebraska's advantage. I think, the, you know, he's a kid. He's a Nebraska kid. You know, let's be honest. Um, his parents are Nebraska, you know, people. Mm -hmm. And knowing the logistics of getting to anywhere outside of playing Nebraska, I think works to Nebraska's advantage. But then also I think with, with Wagner, Coach Rule, Satterfield, Danny Kalen, when you see in and, and this lets you know what other peers think of Kalen, right? Yep. The two Bellevue West receivers know him better than anybody. Yep. But then Carter Nelson knows about him and has seen him play as well. And also his personality, his ability to lead that will allow you to recruit and land Carter Nelson. It's a big get for Nebraska because athletic wise, you're not going to get much better than that. Six four two twenty. I saw the first time I ever seen him. I, you know, he was playing basketball, and I was like, "Who is this kid?" First of all, he's from Ainsworth, right? And I was like, "Man, they, I don't know where he came or what what was going on out <laughs> there, but he don't look like an athlete from Ainsworth." And I saw him playing basketball, and he's explosive, right? Mm -hmm. Legitimately, easily an explosive dunker of the basketball, a good athlete. He's a kid that like he can play any sport, and he's athletic. Yes. And then you go to his track, you know, where he does, you know, a seven foot uh, high jumper. Yeah. He's fast. He's big. Um, He has quickness. He's explosive. And just, to, you know, look, you can't. I, here's what I won't do. I won't fault him for playing eight man because that's where he was born and that's where he lives. So it's not like he's chosen to play eight man football mm -hmm. versus 11. I'm not going to hold it against him. I'm going to say, look, that's just part of the recruiting process and development where we need to get him up to speed. And that's, in, you know, to be able to evaluate him as a football player. But athletically, uh, athletic wise and the playmaking ability that you see, you know, you can't deny that. And I think it's so I think it's a great gift for Nebraska. I know that whether it's Kalen and whenever he gets on the field or potentially hopefully gets on the field, mm -hmm. Satterfield and Rule and Coach Wagner definitely got to be excited because you're getting a guy that can cause some legitimate 
matchup problems along with a lot of the other guys that they've recruited. Uh, they definitely were were probably sitting on cloud nine when they got the commitment from them. Absolutely. Uh, so before we get into Carter's highlights here, just a little background information. Rivals has him as a four-star recruit, the 161st national recruit. He's a top player in Nebraska, and he's a seventh tight end uh, prospect. But as we get into this, we'll talk about um, how he's probably going to be a hybrid guy, a uh, receiver, tight end mix. Um, just, we know about the frame six foot four around 220 pounds. And I'm really excited, um, about the, I guess the, the potential for him as, as somebody with, when you get the ball in his hands, his movement skills are just, I don't, I just don't think that, um, many six foot four, 220 pounders can move right. like, like he can. And I have a quote here from Carter. I was in Ainsworth for his, um, his commitment announcement where he committed to the Huskers. And we were talking about Marcus Satterfield and, and here's uh, Carter Nelson's quote about how he plans to be used. Once he gets to Nebraska quote, uh, Satterfield told me he's not going to put me at tight end right away. He's going to let my body slowly develop the right way. If it happens that I move away from tight end, I move away from tight end, but he's going to, but he's going in with an open mindset. He doesn't have tight end on my name. He just has athlete on it. So Jay, right. when you hear, when you hear Carter Nelson's words, um, talk about, I guess, using him as a hybrid tight end at the next level, somebody who um, may, maybe uh, split out more than being an inline tight end. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I like it. I think it shows that, look, they understand where he's at right now. Yep. Um, he hasn't played a traditional tight end position. So mm-hmm. it would be counterproductive to go and recruit a kid and tell him you're going to have him do something that he's never done before. So you're already, you know, two years behind him essentially getting on the field when you're recruiting him, that's a that's the fastest way to lose a recruit. So I like the mindset of said, listen, we're going to bring you in as an athlete. You're a superior athlete. You can't yep. deny that. I don't yep. care if he's playing two-man football. You can't deny it. So we're going to bring you in, and we're going to accentuate what you do well. At the same time, we're slowly but surely going to, going to work on what you need to develop, and that's learning to be a blocker, right, period, whether it's yes. – on the line, in the line, movement blocker, blocking out in space. So he's going to be a hybrid, but I think really, you know, the the position that that they need to probably name it is um, the position called the 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 problem causer, right? And that's what he's mm-hmm. going to do. He's going to try to cause problems in matchups. He's going to cause problems in personnel groupings from the defense and defensive coordinator. And he's going to ideally, whenever he gets on the field and whenever he's ready to cause problems as far as on the field being, whether you put a linebacker like a Jay Foreman on him, an inside linebacker, an outside linebacker, a safety, do you try to use up your hybrid? Then does it open it up for another tight end position, a tight end or, or, you know, a slot receiver or a running back. It can, if he, if he develops and and, and does some things, it, it'll definitely come to uh, fruition and be an X factor and it'll accentuate everybody else in their class and who they have on their roster I think really what it comes down for him, you know, he's a four-star recruit and that's great. And, you know, a lot of it's based on athletic ability because you can't say he's been, you know, on, on, you know, competition. Right. Um, But I think really he has to have a five-star mindset. He has a five-star mindset. He's going to be a productive player here. And what I mean by that is he has got to attack getting better every single day at things he's never done before. I'm not going to tell you he's not a good blocker, right? Because he's never blocked before. What I'm going to tell you is he's not developed that as a, as a blocker, right? So essentially, I'm not going to tell you that he's a bad blocker. I'm just going to say he's not a good blocker yet. So what he has to do is get better at that 
that's going to open up his you know pass catching game you know so forth and so on so i think it's a it's a good way to start and i think by starting that way you actually open up a path and a realistic path for him to look at okay i need to do a b c and d in order to play early and that's how you get a four-star recruit the number one player in your state if you make a habit of getting you know, out of the top five, if you can get three or four of those time, top five players in your state every year, like Nebraska has committable wise, you will be having a different story every year at the end of the season. And it'll be in a positive matter. For sure. And I'm glad you brought up the blocking because, you know, when I was in Ainsworth, I, I was talking uh, with him about Marcus Satterfield, how, how they plan to use him, what the pitch was to uh, Carter Nelson once he got to Lincoln. And I started up asking like, Carter, like, what about blocking? Do, you know, I, I know, you know, I played eight-man football, so I understand what it's like. You give the most athletic kid the ball nearly every play. That's eight-man football. Uh, but so he has the ball a lot, and I just asked him about what what kind of experiences he has as a blocker, and he says not much, but he's done it on the on the perimeter. You know, right. um, at, at you know, like like, um, you know, just blocking for screens and and um, things like that. So that he was straight up. He he understood that that was an area that he still needs to develop, and I think that's something where if fans are expecting Carter Nelson to come on and complete compete right. in his first true freshman season, maybe s- slow down a little bit and, and uh, let the kid develop uh, first. Uh, he's a ex- extremely great talent, um, but maybe one that might need a season or two just to adjust to everything because there's going to be a massive adjustment, but uh, enough talking about that. Let's um, hit the highlights here, Jay. Um, this was a fun one to break down because there, oh, I didn't put any catch, catches on here. We know Cutter Nelson can catch. He has really good hands. What I wanted this video to be about was to show people and give them and a, give them a look at what kind of movement skills this kid has because at 6'4", around 220 pounds, he's just he moves really. I think his movement skills are special. I mean, yeah, when, he, when he stops on a dime and, and changes direction is really fun to watch. Yeah, when you look at him right now, I mean, you, when you're looking at his tape, you know he's legit, you know, 6'4", well over 200 pounds, well over 210, and you see him getting it right here. So he's running these routes right here. It's like a jailbreak screen, like mm-hmm. a receiver. He's catching it, and then, you know, he, he obviously he's eight-man football. He has enough speed to take it to the house. So when you look at this right here, I'm looking at does he have wasted steps as a big guy. Catches it, hand catcher, breaks a tackle. Next thing you know, obviously right there, you hit the sideline. He can outrun angles as he should. That's why you're a four-star recruit and you're, and you're a superior athlete, um, you know, than the, anybody that's on either side, either one of the sidelines. But, I, I mean, you're right. You want to look at it. You know you can catch. But, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing for him that was appealing to all the top schools, you know, throughout the nation is his athletic ability and, and his ability to, to turn something small into an explosive play. Yeah. Like when coaches are looking at this, the, the really good coaches are looking at this. They, they're not going to look at what he can't do. They're going to look at, at what he can do. And what he can do is is something that a lot of people throughout the nation at his position, hybrid slash tight end, can't do. That acceleration right there, you yeah. can't deny that. Now, does that mean that if he's playing against, you know, Class A competition, Bellevue West, West Side, Gretna, or whatever, that he's going to take a pass, you know, 70, 80 yards? No. But what it means is if somebody misses – on him against on any you know level of playing he will house call you maybe not to the same you know uh replication in, in numerous times like he has it in in eight man but he definitely has home run potential that acceleration right there is what is the one of the main reasons kirby smart and nick saban took the trek out to ainsworth this right here is something that they have seen 
not a lot on tape right there from that 30 to 40. And where by the time that he gets there, it, it's, it's the, you've seen the young man right there. He knew there wasn't a chance that he could get him. And so this is what you're talking about, athletic ability and the ability to go from, for, I'd say, you know, from first gear to fifth gear very quickly. This is a, a true, true, pure, superior athlete right there. And that play right there showed it. What I wanted to do with that uh, first play, we can go back to it, was just, you know, you know, he doesn't look, he catches the screen and outruns everybody. But I wanted to use it because nobody touches him after he breaks the initial tackle. And this is Burwell. Uh, Bur Burwell's a really good eight man program in the state. Right. And, um, you know, I just really love the fact that once he broke that tackle, nobody touched him because he was gone. You talk about the explosion at six, four. It's just you don't see that often around in, in this state with these guys you know, the, the size that Carter Nelson is, and then he just turns on the jets and he is gone. Like nobody right. had a chance to touch him. So, I mean, that, that's why I wanted to use that first one. This next, this next play I thought was kind of funny because he's uh, Ainsworth is in punt formation. He uh, Carter Nelson punts too. And, you know, he just took it, took and ran for a touchdown and uh, just the, the athletic ability that he showed um, and, and the stiff arm at the end was fun to watch. But again, the movement skills, he takes the snap, and I mean, he just juked, you know, three people out of their shoes. And again, at six, four, uh, planting that right leg and getting upfield. I mean, I, I just really like this. I think this is special. Listen, when you play eight man football, you, you got to be punter kicker. You got to be the water yep. boy. You yep. got to be the athletic trainer. You got to be defensive end quarterback, running back. But right here, what I like right here is the ability to set up his moves right there. And he's sudden with it. He left he, he juked my man there. My man there yeah. is sitting there looking like he was lost in translation. So, look, again, you, you, you're looking at him and saying that this is what you expect, right, To yep. for for a power five recruit and be a he four should be star. Doing this. He should be doing this. Mm -hmm. But what you have to look at is what, you, what can be transferable to your program or your offense, right? Yeah. So you have to imagine not him being a punter and running a fake punt, right, because you're going against a – you know, the, the best conference and the best athletes and, and the best coaches in the Big Ten. But what you're trying to project is the ability to make people miss right there. But mm -hmm. then this move right here coming up right about now, okay, this one right there, this is what you want to project into your offensive system. You would like to see an Iowa defender sitting there looking like 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 boo-boo uh, the fool right there. And then you want to see this right here, being able to, run after the catch, stiff arm and things you want to do. You can project that to any defensive back. Now, ideally or realistically, you know, Big Ten defensive backs are going to be able to get him down. But you know what? If you get somebody that's getting caught coming out of their backpedal, he's going to be able to take a house call. So this is just another – all of his plays are going to show superior athletic ability. You also can't discredit him for the fact that he is a superior athlete. I like the fact that he's aggressive enough to act, mm -hmm. do it on a consistent basis. So to me, I'm going to say, you know what? I like his mindset. He loves football. He loves to dominate. He understands where he's at. And also from when, you know, you're, you're saying when you talk to him, he understands there's some pr improvement that he needs yes, he, to. Yes, he does. He mm -hmm. needs that. So he knows he's not going to be one of those guys that's going to come in and expect to do the same things that he did in eight man football in the big 10. Oh yes. Being, being realistic and being humble when you're when you're a superior player is a lost you know a lost uh, you know recruiting aspect or a lost aspect in evaluation and he checks all those boxes and so I, you know i think it's you know again another example of being a great athlete for sure and and that's why i i didn't want to just add this because he was a 
playing punter, took the snap and just ran for a touchdown. I, I wanted to show fans the movement skills again at 6'4", 220, and just the athletic ability that and, you know, his his mindset. This was against Loomis. He knew that he was an alpha on the field, and he just did did what he thought he could do, and, and it wound up, wound up working. Again, he took a lot of direct snaps at Ainsworth. He'll be doing it again for his senior season. Um, Jay, this is just another one where uh, look at the movement skills. He takes it. I mean, not touched, not touched, yeah. not touched, not touched. Maybe somebody clicks his calf runs for a touchdown yeah. untouched see the thing is i like better now i mean we could keep talking about athletic ability and being able to hit the corner and what i always say steve the most explosive plays come on the sideline right yeah but here's why i like Carter nelson he gave him a move that's that's been that is withstood the test of time okay and what i mean by that is if the world ended they always say like you know cockroaches would be alive but there's another thing that would be alive then when when sports in football in particular started back up and that's called the dead leg. Carter Nelson just gave this man the dead leg. Now he has a fan in Jay Foreman. And everybody wants to call it the hesitation if you, you bring it to basketball. But it's called the dead leg. See right there? You give him the dead leg one way. You think you, you know, let him think that you're going left. Hit the sidelines. Cock the head back. It's touchdown. So, again, we know he's a superior athlete. There's not much more we can say athletically about him. But I like his ability to take something out of nothing, right? Look, this is schemed up from a defensive coordinator standpoint. When you are going against a really good player, we have them out, outside leverage, inside leverage. You have another guy looping around right here. So you have outside coverage. You have inside guy coming in an in, or outside guy, inside guy, or middle guy in an inside guy. 55 right there is your inside guy. 13 is going to get, you know, uh, duped by the dead leg. And then you had another defender right there. So what you, generally, like in the passing schemes, you say, okay, well, there's coverage beaters. Well, this is a results beater here, right? Right. You, you call the perfect defense and he still beats you. That's to let you know that he's a big time player and it's a big time play by him. Um, it looked like for, you know, Ainsworth, that's a pretty packed house out there, man. You got people leaving their houses right up there. And I mean, I mean look, at the end of the day, he's in Ainsworth and mm -hmm. he's playing eight man football. He's, he's a legend out there, but his make he's making his legendary status grow um by showing up every single game and being competitive he's a competitor you could very easily say hey look i'm 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 carter nelson i'm just gonna just kind of coast and i'm a good athlete and i'm not gonna try that hard look he's playing i mean he's playing football you know you know with some with some good intensity there i like it right here again boom dead leg gave another yeah. one you know stiff arm right there the, the thing is that i would implore the people that are listening if you go back, look at the ability to start and stop right here. Exactly. This has nothing, yes. this has nothing to do with eight-man football. This is why everybody's mm -hmm. excited about him, and they know potentially he could be something pretty special if he works at it, right? The start this and stop right here, is crazy. This is when – this is no different. Now, this is no different than – I remember watching Lamar Jackson's tape, high school tape. I was like, this dude is in Florida mm -hmm. making kids look like this, right? Now – He's not Lamar Jackson, but in this league, he is Lamar Jackson. That's a really good move right there, and that's what get guys you know excited. And, and the reason why it gets coaches excited, the Kirby Smarts, the Matt Rules, the you know Marcus Freeman's, the you know the Ferentz, you know Kurt Ferentz, and and all the other tight end guru you know um, universities or universities that have put a lot of guys in the NFL is being a legit 6'4", 215, 20 pounds and doing this. Now, if he was, you know, 6'1", they'd be like, all right, he's just good out there. And, and then that would be his negative. 
Mm-hmm. He's a legit. He he has passed the eyeball test when he's went places. That's why these these teams have continued to recruit him or did recruit him up into his commitment and wanted him really bad because you know look when I'm sure Kirby Smart was like oh there's a kid from Ainsworth Nebraska he's six four two twenty well they're expecting him to go down there and be you know six two and a half two o five well he's six four two twenty and yep. doing some things that they hadn't seen somebody from uh, that size doing. So that's where you you get a, you know, a lot of the uh, recruiting aspects and the rankings from them and being the number one prospect in the state. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, I, I think it's fairly evident that when Georgia Kirby start Kirby smart, they were trying to uh, recruit and commit uh, cutter Nelson. Brock Bowers name came up quite often and everybody knows Brock Bowers. He's uh, six. He's much like Carter Nelson, I think, just a younger version. Yeah. Uh, Brock is six four, around two hundred thirty pounds, but he's still that hybrid receiver type. That you know, it, it's just he 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 could be the next Brock Bowers. Who knows? Let's let let's let Carter Nelson be Carter Nelson when he grows up. So, um, hey Jay, that was some awesome th- awesome analysis with Carter Nelson from Eight Man Land out in Ainsworth. But one question: How how and we have six minutes left here. How difficult do you think, and it's something that I've been wanting to ask you um, for a while now, how difficult coming is it going to be for him transitioning to the eight-man game to power five, 11-man football? Just, you know, um, three more I, guys I think, on the field and everything, right. and just what what's he going to be asked to do, especially we talked about the blocking aspect where he hasn't really right. done it too much. He'll be asked to block in college, so. I don't – I think it'll be – obviously, I think there's going to be a transition, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be, you know – six more guys out there, but I really don't think it's going to be something that's going to stop him from being effective player. I think it's going to be something that he'll, you know, adjust to within the first month or two. And and, and quite frankly, probably in the first couple of weeks, I think the biggest adjustment will be the speed of everybody else. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, the size of everybody else. But I think that'll, again, will be something he'll get used to the more that he's around it. Um, and then I think as far as like the competition level, I think the biggest thing that they need to do is focus on and accentuate what he does well. Everything that they do, blocking, learning the scheme is no different than anybody else, except for if, you know, you compare him to another tight end, they might have, you know, blocked a little bit in high school. But I look at it differently with a superior athlete like this. He's a he's a blank slate. He's never been coached to, to, to block before. So essentially, he's only going to know what you teach him. So the improvement potentially, right, is it could be very quickly because you're teaching him how to use his superior athletic ability with your techniques. Now, again, I like I said it before, he needs to just have a five-star mindset and they needed to develop develop him at a, at a pace that he's okay with and he shows you he can be effective. If you find a way to get him confident and show him, you know, how to do some of the things you need to do, blocking in space, things that he could do naturally from his athletic ability and don't hinder him from getting on the field and being a pass catcher, you'll see him improve faster in other areas, which then will accentuate his athletic ability, the ability to score and to be explosive and open things up for everybody else. So I think it's going to be something that is going to be an ongoing process. Um, But I think also the biggest thing here before we go off is, from what you've told me and what I, the the couple other people I've talked to about him is his mindset, his mindset right now in being humble and understanding and embracing it, right? That I, he has to get better and he understands it. He's not coming and expecting to do the same things he did in high school in the Big Ten against NFL caliber talent, NFL caliber coaches, 
that he's never done before. That will allow him to be long-term successful and won't be three years down the road wondering what if. I think he'll he'll meet all expectations as long as he stays out of his own way. Yep. Uh, Nebraska is getting an absolutely great kid in Carter Nelson who wants to be great, who wants to work better and understands he has a ways to go. Um, but hey, uh, we, we will we will see and we'll be watching with with, uh, you know, in much interest with Carter Nelson uh, during his Husker um, career. Um, he fits along with Ishmael uh, Smith Flores. Um, in the 2023 class, he fits with the Keelan Keelan um, Smith out of um, Missouri in the 2024 classes. These hybrid bodies, these these skilled players that can do a little bit of uh, two things, um, whether they're a running back, receiver, receiver, tight end, whatever. Uh, Kwan Lacey, uh, the running back at a in the 2024 class, is another guy uh, that they that they might view as a hybrid body. So. Um, just really, really fun times uh, to be following uh, Nebraska recruiting. So, um, but yeah, that was Carter Nelson, four-star tight end out of Ainsworth, Nebraska. He is Jay Foreman. I am Steve Mark, and that was a black shirt breakdown. We'll catch y'all later.